I'm doing an introduction, an introduction to the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe. These used to be clever parodies, but now they're just low effort crap made up on the fly at the last moment with Neth. Hi. And Kevin. Hello. And sometimes Chris, and usually LB, but he doesn't really talk on the show. He just sits there and puts words into our channel and tells us we need to mention something or maybe just shitpost us. The Coast Coast Expanded Universe! Good job talking there during Neff during the uh, during the cut through. It hurt. <laughs> the last note hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> there was pain. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode. What is this? 160. One city. 160 of the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe podcast. Uh, it is January 29th, 2022, and I am joined here with Kevin. Hello. Neff. That's me. And of course, myself, I am Gavril. Um, yeah. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Yeah. I have a snowstorm going on. Yes, you do. Yeah. You've, you, you've mentioned it again, Canada. Our viewers hadn't heard me say it, so our listeners, viewers, both, whatever. Okay. Works for me. Sorry yeah. to hear it's snowing in Canada. Uh, yep. Like that never happens ever. Last three weekends consecutively. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I've got the lowest amount of shit to talk about. Um, I've played my last couple of weeks have been I played some Final Fantasy 14. I did some more a bunch more Stellaris because I'm a dumb person who likes to waste all of my time playing Stellaris. And I played some League of Legends for shits and gigs. Um, I really honestly thought there was a lot more, but there wasn't. Um, you actually don't have the least amount of shit. That was three games. I only have two. <laughs> okay, Neth, fine. Since you've mentioned it, go ahead and talk about what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I finished the storyline content for Valhalla and both of the current DLCs, so the Druids and the Paris one. Um, I still have some side achievements and stuff to finish out but I needed to take a break after I finished the storyline. Um, and I picked up Phoenix. I picked Phoenix back up and have been working a little bit through the storyline. Um, that was a while back. Yeah, I haven't touched it in close to a year because I got pissed off with it. Um, pissed off at it. So Why? I, I'm frustrated with the map system and how you discover... So open world, so you have points that you have to discover and go to and do things to get gear, da 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 I don't like the method that they've implemented to finding the points. It's fucking finicky and annoying and pisses me off. So So like World of Warcraft. Um sure. I'm guessing worse. Um Okay, so like 
Okay, so Assassin's Creed, you go to your synchronization points, you press the button, the bird flies around, and all the little points pop up on your map, right? Yeah. Okay. So Phoenix, you each zone has a statue of a god that you go to. You climb up to the top of the statue of a god, and there's a vantage point that you go to. And what you have to do is you go into the special vision, and you basically have to sweep back and forth across the whole fucking zone. And your controller will start to vibrate when you are close to a point, And when it locks on one, then you can reveal it. And so you have to fucking go every fucking little tiny pixel back and forth. It's fucking annoying. So they made it into a mini game. Oh, it's not a mini game. Mini game implies fun. (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) Wow. Hey, Kevin, what you been up to, buddy, since this is just a bitch fest from everybody today? Yeah, um, it's been a month, I guess, since yeah. I've seen you guys. Uh, yeah. Part of, I've been sick for three out of those four weeks um, and coming out of it this week, but still kind of not feeling great. Um, uh, basically, Mandy's roommate got COVID, so she came and lived with me for two weeks out of those three weeks, too. So. Um, and we, pl- we, I didn't play a bunch of video games. I was playing, um, uh, Dota two. I was playing the Dota two, like dungeon crawl mode. What's that called again? Aghanims something. Aghanims labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. I was playing that. And then, um, Oh, is that the one that you guys tried to get me to get into? And I put yeah. like one game and was like, no, yeah. no, Hard exactly what Chris did too. Um, we, Ended up buying two Switch games because that's easier to do when there's two humans involved. And we ended up going with Pokemon Let's Go Eevee because she never really played a Pokemon game. And Yoshi's Island. Those were the two that we picked. So, yeah, we were playing those games. Oh, and she was also playing Don't Starve Together. I was streaming it from my computer to the television through... The Nvidia Shield, mm-hmm. and she was liking that a lot. But okay. um, like the the whole like streaming to the TV is just not what it needs to be. It's it's I don't know. There's like weird scaling and resolution issues, and um, I don't know. Even though it's wired, everything is like completely wired. It still didn't work really well. Uh, but yeah, so that. Um, and then LB and I just finished last night Dying Light, the original Dying Light game. Yeah, um, I noticed y'all have been on playing that a lot. That's one of the reasons why I hadn't been popping up because you two mm-hmm. have both been playing that. And sometimes the crosstalk, it's just too much for everybody, you know? It's Dying Light is not what I thought it was. I thought it was a slow paced zombie game, and it is definitely not. It's actually like a parkour running and jumping and like puzzle. Like there's. There's a same amount of like puzzle stuff that you can do as there is like killing zombie stuff. So um, you there's actually two experience bars, one for agility, which is like parkour and running and stuff. And then the, the second one for power, where it's like, you know, guns, melee weapons. Well, the majority of the game is melee weapons, let's face it. But uh, there are some guns in it that you can do and you run around and fucking smash zombies and it's really fun it has like a it has a story 
the story is pretty interesting and engaging, but it's kind of, I don't know, not great at the end of the day. All said and done, like, I'd probably rate the story lower than the gameplay. Um, but uh, since the new Dying Light game is coming out, figured we would play through that one. And yeah, I don't, I just had the wrong impression for what this game was. And if I would have known that it was like this from the get go, I probably would have played it a lot earlier. Okay. Um, Cause it was super fun. Um, reminds me a lot of like kind of borderlands in terms of like movement systems better than borderlands. Actually, it's more, it's more like apex legends in terms of movement, movement system, just the ability to run around and jump and grab onto things. And you, you have to like go up some big towers and like climb up towers and stuff and like hang off of ledges. It's yeah, it's really cool. Um, but that's probably not Neth speed. <laughs> I don't know how Neth likes jumping puzzles in uh, first-person shooter games. Okay, it <laughs> entirely depends on how they're done. Because mm-hmm. some jumping puzzles don't bug me, it's fine. And then some jumping puzzles, like what the fuck's that game that you guys are playing that Gal kept killing me on? Destiny? Destiny? Oh, they... <laughs> yeah, if you um, can't do Destiny, then you wouldn't so... be able to do this. LB, as you were saying this, Kevin, mm-hmm. I was thinking this, and then LB brought it up in chat, and he says big mirrors edge vibe plus zombies vibe. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So what he was what what you were saying was like, I was like, oh, mirrors edge, like very parkour focused, very movement focused, very puzzle oriented. So yeah, that was that was exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about that. Okay. Yeah, I Mirror's haven't played that game, but Mirror's Edge is, is a parkour simulator, some people say. Um, it's very okay. f- rapid, flowy movement, lots of jumping, lots of puzzles, lots of having to figure out how to maneuver around something using the environment around you. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's like that, but with zombie killing. <laughs> um. The, the new game, which is coming out next month, is going to have that same style of movement systems, but even better. And like other like um, it's also going to have like a little glider that you'll be able to use to kind of get around the map easier. And okay, other so it sounds stuff. like Breath of the Wild. First person Breath of the Wild with zombies, I guess. I don't know. But uh, the the other thing that I'm looking forward to with that game is there's multiple factions of people in the zombie apocalypse and you can choose to help one and not help another. And based on the choices that you make, it unlocks different gameplay choice opportunities. So if you help one team, you'll get like access to different types of traps to like help you kill zombies. But if you don't help those people, then you don't get access to those and you have to find a different way around those same situations. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I think it's can, worth checking can you, out. Can you help all of them? Or are you are you limited no. in who you can? So you have to choose like, like either yes. this faction or that faction. Okay. There, yeah, the choices are mutually exclusive, and that's why when you guys were talking about this game on the last show, that's why it's 500 hours to play through everything because you would literally have to make a new game save to make different choices to see the different. <sighs> Uh, oh, this is the one we were talking about that had the tweet. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm on board now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it should be should be interesting. Um, and then also the the fact that I was playing that Aghanim's 
uh, Agonim's whatever game mode in Dota made me think instead of just playing this in a video game, I should play an actual dungeon crawler and picked up Path of Exile again. And um, you poor motherfucker. What a <laughs> there, you know, I, I was trying to think to myself if Neff would be into a game like Path of Exile because she's like super into Diablo. But the level of complexity to Path of Exile is just like off the fucking charts. It's very tedious. That's apparently, my experience with it. So apparently I don't understand complexity. I was trying to get off of that as quickly as I could. Yeah. No. To help you out there, Kevin. If, if, you, think, if you think Diablo is complex, then like I don't think Path of Exile is, is 10 times. It it is ridiculously complex. On what complex. planet do I think Diablo is complex? Like, um, I was so, they're they're gonna have a new league come out next month or like next week or something. And like, I was watching the video, I didn't even understand what the fuck they're even talking about. And I've played, so, I've I've played a lot of this game. Kevin, do you think that that might be an issue of like how many hours do you have in Path of Exile? I'm checking right now on Steam, but I've done a complete playthrough and one of the leagues i can't remember what the league's name was okay because i've got probably 200 hours in path of exile and i still don't oh, understand i only half have the 22 fucking game. well on steam i have 22 hours and then i was playing through the launcher yeah, but i don't like know how many hours 200 hours in path of exile give or take and i still don't mm. understand half the fucking game like yeah. i don't think i've ever completed like the core story of the game um, um so neth uh have you ever Neth the path passive tray i was going to talk about that may i okay. finish <laughs> thank <Go> you ahead. <laughs> um neth have you ever played path of exile before no no okay um did you ever play final fantasy 10 would have been maybe, on ps2 maybe um there's there's a lot people draw a lot of similarities between the two uh i'm literally looking up the cover art for it yes i did yes because it had yes because it had x2 yeah do you remember how the uh the sphere grid worked which was the leveling up system where you put spheres in and you traveled around like a like a game board (gasps) oh yeah yeah. okay not not like clearly but i kind of remember it yeah multiply that by about 10 and then that's the size of the grid that you what? have access to in Path of Exile. Oh, my God. That would be yeah. off the charts. <laughs> so you have uh, and your character is based Why? on what you pick up through there. There's a core character you select. There's a core character class you'll select, but okay. you can completely customize it and change it to anything that is available on the grid. Wow. OK, that's not even in Twitch chat. Yeah. Um, so it's a very I am. It's a very complex system that has a lot of depth to it. Yeah. I mean the the way that I look at it is that take what you take Diablo and then <clears throat> you really have the ability to hone in on stuff and really kind of either specialize heavily in something that you like doing. And a lot of the gear options and currency in the game allows you to kind of tweak items to match what you want to do. But that tweaking and matching and crafting is complex. Oh. It's very complex. 
And what I linked to you was the skill tree, the passive skill tree that you can go through. You get 123 points to put into these different nodes and each of these nodes gives you different abilities and you can choose to like, you know, specialize in damage over time skills or specialize in melee skills or uh, mana skills. And then you pick up items and kind of chain spells together to do what kind of play style you want to do. Just to give you an idea, Kevin. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm a stranger to skill trees. <laughs> this this skill tree is the craziest skill tree I've ever seen in any video okay, game. But go look at the link that I just pasted. Okay, let's see. What do you have? The skill tree from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla. Oh, yeah. They're most likely ripped this off from PoE. <laughs> no, Kevin, this kind of skill... Okay, so PoE stole it from Final Fantasy X. Okay. Yeah. Or it stole like, it mean, from like I mean Diablo two had a actually had a fairly complex skill tree. It, <clears throat> it wasn't presented this way. Yeah, but Bo- it was Bozons, Javazons, like you specialized in shit. Yeah. So Oh yeah, it does have a pretty crazy skill tree, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like this is uh this is something like vastly out of Neth's uh Neth's wheelhouse, but it is it, there's a lot of dead ends in the Path of Exile skill tree that are not clear and obvious to you when you're going down them. I've done that before, gone down a dead tree yeah. essentially, and it's just like, oh well, this is absolutely useless. Why did I go down it? Yeah, uh, I'm currently playing a dead build, and I didn't realize it until about ten hours into the build. Yep, yep. Um, it happens a lot. Yeah, Do you not I mean, have it, an option to reset your build. There is, but it actually is kind of expensive. If I remember correctly, uh, there's a, there's okay. a way to reset your build through a certain potion or something that you have to make or something. I don't even remember. It's been a while since I played Path. I mean, what I would recommend in the beginning, and this this is probably not how you want to play, but how I would recommend playing is find a guide on the internet and follow the guide for your first playthrough. Oh, yeah, I know. That no. will never happen. It will never happen where I will pick up a game and go, okay, where's the guide? Okay. I do that. I do do that sometimes, but it's generally like in more uh, open-ended things like Stellaris or something where mm-hmm. there's not a clear game goal. You're just kind of, it, it may have like a lot of obscure systems that you don't understand. Yeah. Stellaris, Civilization, Endless Space, things like that, like 4X style games where there's a lot of obfuscated information that they don't tell you that you have to either pick up by painstakingly playing the game for a long period of time or have somebody else explain the mechanics to you. Kevin, you're talking to someone who will put a game down and walk away for two months because I beat my head against a puzzle and can't figure it out rather than look up the answer on the Internet. (laughs) I will walk away from it for a couple months to take a break and then figure it myself, figure it out myself. Okay, I, I mean, there. I don't, I don't do that. Like, I come, I come from a generation that game guides were actually printed books. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, like, Neff, What? I'm aging myself. It, no. <laughs> no, no. Game guides were printed in books for both of us too. You have to remember that yeah, we're true. at yeah. the age where game yeah. facts was maybe what you found, and that was still like. Kevin and I were probably like middle school, early high school at that point. 
I mean, I played. I, <laughs> I have got. I know, I know. On this, on this bookshelf over here, there's a bookshelf over here. There is the buried underneath the beer cans. Yeah, no, to the left. To, well, from my left of the beer cans, yeah, right to you all. Um, there is a strategy guide for Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy IX from Brady Games. Oh my God, that's on so that, funny. On that pack over there. There's also a Kingdom Hearts guide somewhere in there. Like, yeah, I, yeah, remember, the, the, I remember um, going and renting games to see, okay, can I beat it in a weekend? Because if I beat it in a weekend, I'm not buying it. And if I yeah. can't beat it in a weekend, okay, maybe I'll purchase it. Mm -hmm. Same. I remember doing that at Blockbuster and yeah. Hollywood Video. And West Coast Video. And the video <laughs> game and VHS rental at our local grocery store. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, like I literally like I there there is no like pick up a game guide and figure it out. Like I will sit there and I will I will be the person that will sit there and go th read through all the fucking skills on a tree and go, oh, OK, this path looks. Oh, no, I don't like the end of that. OK, uh, OK, this path looks interesting. Like I will read all that shit. I will sit there for hours on the skill tree page and just go tick, 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 and figure that shit out myself. <laughs> I'll just throw shit at the wall and see what happens. Yeah, at the end of I the mean, day. I think, I think a guide is probably a good kind of like, I, I, the first time I played through, I used a guide and kind of used that as the backbone of what I was doing. And then I kind of branched off what I felt I wanted to do differently from there. The, the, you know, the, the hitting the wall issue as Gavril refers to it is you can just reach a point where you just get one shot constantly and like <laughs> your level of fun in the game drops to zero very quickly. Yeah. yeah. You get to a point where you're just like, and Oh, Hey, I think I'm ready to go. I, squish. You, I get to the first, you get to the first boss. And then you realize the first boss just like stun locks you the whole day, all day, every yeah. day. And you have nothing to do about it. You can't do and shit. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, this game, like, survivability actually matters in this game unlike a lot of diablo 3 which can be steamrolled without even worrying about that shit um to a whole different level um but yeah i mean i you know i picked two skills that i thought were cool i played through as the arrow ranger girl person and i've been having fun so far and yeah i hit a wall and i was like ready to stop playing altogether and then i kind of switched things up and um are we hoodieing? tried some different things it looks weird well, with mine because i've got the big <laughs> <laughs> invested some points into uh survivability and did some you know figured out how to kind of get around that and like at the end of the day i was thinking like i'm just playing this for fun i'm not playing to you know do master level mapping or whatever people are doing these days and i was just like and I've, I found out that the league is over in like a week. So I picked a really bad time to start playing. Yep, I've this done that league. before. Like when I've, <laughs> I've gotten back into POE a couple of times, it's like, oh, hey, this this league ends in, you know, two days. Have fun. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. The the game mode that I just tried out for the first time last night was Heist. Did you play that? No. It, that was after the super, super fucking fun game mode. It's basically like you go into this map that's already pre laid out. You know, the entire layout of the map. It has a bunch of uh, chests along the route. You can choose to open those chests and increase your alert level. And if the alert level hits t like 
you know, 10 out of 10, then you just get swarmed by enemies and have to like run out of there and leave. So the point of it is to rip off a, um, or to steal something. Okay. And once you like actually get what you're stealing, all of the alarms start going off and you have to get the fuck out of there and you're just getting swarmed. And if you don't get out and you die, you lose everything that you got on that run. It's very like high risk, high reward. And, um, I love like heist movies and I can't believe they like added that to an action RPG. And I was super like, I thought that that was a super, super fun game mode. Um, can't you just stealth it to get out? You're not seen. I mean, (laughs) stealth. There's different things like phasing, like you can walk through. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, it's an action RPG. So it's like, you know, it would be like, Diablo getting swarmed by a hundred different enemies. You have to like use skills that allow you to like teleport and face through monsters and stuff like that. Um, and you know, you can easily get like one shot or two shot like in that scenario too. So it's, um, very stressful, I would say, but super fun. And you can like, then there's something called like a grand heist where you can like plan out this like even bigger heist with like different wings to the building. And it has like when you figure out what is in the map, it will tell you like, okay, this area has got like some cool armor. This area has got like a weapon. And then you have to pick like what web or what you want to go after and steal from this map. It's, I don't know how they did this whole thing. It must've took them forever, but it's like really fun. And they add these different game modes to the game. Like every season. Sounds like payday. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I was like really impressed by it because that was, that was something that they added in a league after the one that I did play, which was, I, like I said, I can't remember what league it was. Oh, um, I played one of the leagues where I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it easily. Anyway, every season they add like a new, like in Diablo, they have seasons, but like in path of exile, each season, there's like a new game mode or a new way to play the game. That's like different than the previous season. And, it's worth checking out, Neth, if you like Diablo. Um, it uses the old Diablo 2 engine, but like a nicer it does version. Not. It doesn't? What did it, it does when not did it use branch the Diablo 2 that? engine? It does not use the Diablo 2 engine because it's, it's not made by Blizzard. Well, it started grinding gear games. Right. But it like started. I thought it started as an offshoot of Diablo 2, and then they it kind was of a went their own direction. successor to Diablo okay. 2. Uh, because Grinding Gear Games features a lot of people who worked on Diablo 2 and Diablo 1. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was designed as a spiritual successor because they because when Diablo with the original Diablo 3 was scrapped and the studio shuttered, I want to say that was was that Edmonton or Santa Monica? I can't remember which studio it was. I think it was Blizzard North. Uh, so that might have been I think it was Edmonton, maybe. Um, when Blizzard North got shuttered and the original Diablo three was shelved in favor of the new version, the new direction for Diablo three, uh, some of the folks that were with the that had been integral to the development of Diablo, uh, moved on and formed grinding gear games. Hmm. Um, all right, folks, uh, this is, uh, mm -hmm. that's, I think 
That's everything. <laughs> that that's going to be our episode this week of League of Exile cast. Um, thank you all for for joining us because we just spent twenty minutes talking about Path of Exile. It's worth I mean, it. It's decent. It's a good game, and it's free to play. I think that's also yeah, cosmetics cool. and storage and shit like that. It costs the core gameplay. It doesn't. Yeah, you can wake up now, LB. Um, <laughs> so, Neth, you had some email shit, some spam. Oh, yep. So, turns out that Azeroth Coast to Coast has apparently settled several dozen lawsuits. Um, and the settlement checks are waiting and ready to be picked up. But unfortunately, Azeroth Coast to Coast doesn't exist anymore, so they can't be picked up. And Coast to Coast Eat. But we need, to send, we need to send our bank information to them so that they yeah. can actually send us the checks. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was probably because there was probably about 150 or so of them. And they, they all said that there was a $25,000 check waiting and all 150. Of them. That's uh, a lot, like, that's I mean, a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to be able to like retire forever. But I mean, we could split that four ways yeah, right? with, with a smaller share going to our executive producer. We have an executive producer. We do. Oh, LB. Sorry. Sorry, LB. Um, and then CTC EU is learning Japanese, which I found fascinating. So well, the question is, are we turning Japanese? I don't know. It's possible. Who was that? Uh, um, I that don't know. Foreigner? God, I can't remember who did turning Japanese. Or there's a song called Turning <laughs> Japanese. Yeah, I know. I know. I was that was more for Kevin's benefit than anything else. I really think so, Gav. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um LB gave us a fucking novel. The vapors. Yeah, he gave us a novel uh about something that we talked about last week, actually. Uh let me go back down through and pull that actually up. Something about the what, top 100 games list. Yeah, it was. We had talked about how, you know, games journalism is, you know, kind of a misnomer and sort of a joke. Um, I am having trouble getting Discord to actually load that up, though. Um, one sec, I'll see if I can. There we go. Just load it up. You got it? Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read through what he said specifically and then kind of have a see if I have any counterpoints. Uh, so the only way to do an objective list is to list by unit sold or something in that manner. So a, a objective fact rather than a subjective, which we, we mentioned uh, that this list is subjective, but it seems to be presented in an objective fashion. That was kind of the crux of our argument about it. Uh, just because it comes from IGN in a journalistic setting doesn't mean that it's subjective, other than that the news they do is subjective. Uh, the second paragraph details our criteria. How great a game is when it launched. This is a direct quote. How fun it is to still play today and how much the game reflects the best in its class. While past versions of the list have put a big emphasis on a game's impact and influence, we've essentially taken that out of the equation. Many games that left a mark or inspired future developers may not stand the test of time and be all that fun to play right now. Or quite simply, they may have been surpassed by other games. Uh, end quote. Uh, there was a shift 10 to 15 years ago from doing game reviews as a product review to more other media reviews, whereas the opinion of the reviewer. Now, this has upset a lot of folks where you get cases of where a reviewer gives a widely liked game a poor review because people use reviews to justify their purchases instead of to inform. I think game review outlets are some of the most trustworthy to give their actual opinion. 
Um, and this is because the editorial staff is separate from advertisement. Uh, and he links an example of a uh, Rooster Teeth podcast that was sponsored by Fallout 4 that had a bunch of Fallout 4 shit uh, kind of scattered around as they were doing it. Um, I can agree with you on an intellectual level. Like, on an intellectual basis, I can agree with you that review outlets can be generally trustworthy because it is an opinion but the problem is is that I, it might just be because i am part of that older generation that bought an issue of tips and tricks or you know egm or playstation monthly or whatever and hoped to get just a straight objective review of the product but at the same time, I understand that you're going to end up with a subjective thing. I personally did not like that list because I just thought that list personally was presented in an objective manner. Well, I found that they didn't even go by their own. OK, well, here's here's the ways we weighted it. And then you looked at the list and was like, yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> like... Um, but I, I also I have a bit of a distrust for games reviews in general these days. Uh, my dis my general distaste for games journalism is pretty. Pretty established, not in a foaming at the mouth all right way, but I just I don't like subjective opinions being presented as an objective opinion. That's the or as, or as an objective fact. That's a lot of my issue, and a lot of people do their writing style, especially in the last ten years, as Elby's using that time frame that Elby's mentioned. Uh, the writing style seems to reflect a I'm presenting an objective fact rather than a subjective opinion. But that's not the case for everybody, and that's not the case for the industry as a whole. So yes, I probably did was a little broad with my opinion on that. So uh, that's your editorial. Uh, anybody else have anything else to add to that? Nope. Yep. Uh, that is fine. Uh, LB's mentioning that that's on me, TBH. Uh, I don't think they call their stuff objective. I think it's presented sometimes in an objective manner. LB, it's presented in an objective manner because they're not saying like, Okay, in our opinion, these are the top like like in the opinion of the person writing this, it's it's these are the top 100 games. And that's me being pedantic and really digging deeply into the English language. That's a lot of my problem with it uh, is how it is presented rather than the content they are presenting. So that's just me. Everybody is fully and wholly entitled. Uh, uh, everybody is fully and wholly entitled to their opinion on those matters uh, because everything is subjective. There's yep. nothing objective in this world. I think, hey, Gav, I think you have a shout-out this week. Yeah, yes, I do have a shout-out. Uh, it is for our boy Stone for showing the world that a nearly flawless bad-end playthrough of Mass Effect 3 is possible without even trying. You're the man now, dog. I I am legit surprised when you guys told me just how many people he had died. I did not realize that that bad of an ending was possible. 
All right, Kevin, I hear countries listen to us. U.S., Russian Federation, Netherlands, Germany, Kazakhstan. Oh, where? Uh, Kazakhstan. There's no D. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. (laughs) I mean, it's better than the first time you said it, where it was like Kazakola. Kazakhstan, I think is what I said. Kazakhstan is exactly what he said. Yeah, which may be very confused because Kazakh is a character in Hearthstone. Oh, hmm. Kazakhstan is a character in Hearthstone, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, so uh, uh, an interesting melange of countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We actually... Neth had absolutely jack shit to talk about. I had some bits and bobs to talk about, and then Kevin stole all my stories and put them in the main topic. He really Mm -hmm. did. Yep. I wanted to order them and put some order to this. People could have watched the show notes process this morning because Gab's doing his thing, and then Kevin's going, "Nope, this is going here. Nope, this is going here. Nope, uh, nope, this." (laughs) I put all of the Activision (laughs) Blizzard stuff into main topic. That's all. And in the order that Kevin feels that they need to be talked about. <laughs> yes. Not not just that they're in the main topic. They need to be discussed in this specific order. <sighs> oh, like Kevin, there would have been any order. You know we love you. <laughs> like there would have been any order without. Like there's going to be, be any order. order. Never be an order. <laughs> what is the biggest Violence news of the week the over the past two weeks, guys? Violence was always the answer, Kevin. <laughs> Um, so I had a couple of things that I biggest was talk news about. in the last two weeks. So the biggest, biggest news in the last two weeks, of course, was the uh, Microsoft uh, offering six point eight seven billion dollars in cash to buy Activision. No, that was, six, of course, sixty eight point seven. You six, put your decimal eight, in the wrong I spot. Sixty eight point seven. So seven because it doesn't seem real. Seventy because numbers that big are real. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> $70 billion in, in cash. cash. In cash. In, in cash. cash. You gotta add that part. You can't leave out the in cash. $92 per share or something like that. Cash offer to buy uh, Activision Blizzard King. The Activliz, uh buying them outright. Um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. We had a couple of other smaller minor news stories we wanted to talk about that were things that kind of interest us. Um, uh, the way that I put this into our show notes, because I am a child and I enjoy being childish about things, was, hey, fellow kids, maybe stop talking about our multiple lawsuits and focus on us trying once again to get in on a fad that may already be past its prime. Of course, I am referring to Blizzard's uh, sudden, sudden bombshell tweet about them uh, working on a survival game is how it was in a presented. new universe unannounced sur- survival game a survival that game that th- it was presented as a survival game in a brand new ip uh from blizzard yeah which kevin is now telling me that i haven't kept up with this shit at all in the last five days because i'd only dropped like last this week uh it is now a sort of supposed to be sort of monster hunter style game no that I think that was something different. This, no, it's not this, Monster Hunter style. This is legit what I was talking about, and you t- you told me, God damn it, Kevin. It was a different news story. Motherfucker. Okay, <laughs> so yes, they are working on a survival game 
uh, in a brand new IP that they are working on. We are going on a journey to a whole new universe, home to a brand new survival game for PC and console. A place full of heroes we have yet to meet, stories yet to be told, adventures yet to be lived. A vast realm of possibility waiting to be explored. So like I said, please don't please ignore our multiple lawsuits and just focus on this hype new game, y'all. Look at the shiny Pog thing champ. over here. Pog champ, total I mean total cap. I don't know. I don't fucking know how. Kids They're looking through some city. kind of like it's like because there's like a city uh, in the background that looks yeah. like our world and they're like looking yeah. through some kind of portal into like some fantasy world with a floating castle or something. There was a book series by I want to say it was R.A. Salvatore that kind of touched that sort of vein where it's like, oh, yeah, we're in the <sighs> real world and then there's a portal to the magic world and then I'm this what? guy comes through the portal. His dark I mean, materials. I mean, uh, not his dark There's materials. lots of books like that. From Chronicles of Narnia, you go through a portal, but it's in a closet. Like That's true. <laughs> yep. This uh, is Chronicles uh, of Narnia. It's, it's Chronicles of motherfucking Narnia. It's Chronicles what of Narnia. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody got, that one. everybody got that one. All right. That's good to hear everybody listen to Lonely, Lonely Island. Planet. All right. Yeah. It's good to see everybody listen to Lonely Island. All right. Lonely Island. Um, That's right. So the uh, just two other things that I was going to go over real quick. Uh, Dota, oh, drag- mm-hmm. hold on, hold on a second. This should they were you guys expecting a survival game to be like in the WoW universe? Like, wouldn't have that no. been fun? I no? wouldn't have expected a survival game from Blizzard. Period. No, I would not have either. No, not in the slightest. I mean, here's a genre I, that's making I, a shitload of money. Okay. Let's take it, make it okay. better, and release it as our own game. No, no, I'm that's saying, the formula. Like, I, I, I could see it. I could. I could even see one coming from Activision, but Blizzard specific, it's kind of not their wheelhouse. Like, well, that's the thing about Blizzard is that they kind of built into wheelhouses rather than just true. being a one note thing. Because you know they started as an RTS studio. Well, they started as a true as a console port, and then they moved to. Uh, ARPG dungeon crawlers and RTSs and then an MMO. You know what um, I have to say about it? Maybe give me I, Diablo 4 before you go make your survival universe. Um, Ellie asks, what's in their wheelhouse these days? Um, sexual assault allegations. I think that they building into wheelhouses to me is let's take something that's popular. <laughs> let's figure out what we don't like about <laughs> it. Remove the stuff that we don't like about it. And then release it as our own game. Gary, right? you're bad. I know I'm a bad person. Thank you. You know, yeah, no, that, that that does that that is kind of no. That's how everybody <laughs> is these days. That's how everybody is these days. I mean, that's not the first time that Activision Jump has on the bandwagon. Not the first time Activision's done this. Battle Royale, Warzone. Warzone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they Overwatch. Were, yeah. Yeah. The hero I mean, pretty much all of, thing, of them. Yeah. yeah. But but what I've noticed as that as that trend has kind of gone on, it's like everything gets really popular. So Activision's like, yeah, we're going to build that game. And they remove a lot of the stuff that people don't like about those games. And people are like, wow, this game's great. And they play it. But then they kind of run out of steam because like mm-hmm. what original ideas do they have that they're bringing into it? It, it doesn't seem like 
they're well, good at the long tail of those games. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that oh, pardon me. That's the problem. Is that Blizzard used to be very good at that. They used to have a very long tail in their games. Like I could sit and play StarCraft for hours and hours and hours. And part of this might actually just be, you know, the industry expanding and, you know, new options being available more frequently than it was prior. Um, but yeah, also I, that like we used to be excited if there was two games being released in a month. And now we're like, OK, there's too many. It's like, All right. There's <laughs> fucking 15 games releasing on the 13th alone. All right. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, what used to be good about them were just the quality of the games. Yep. Which has dropped off. But it's, yeah, removing something that sucks from a game that, like, they're going to look at the sur- sur- survival genre and they're going to say, what do we hate about the survival genre? Let's remove that shit from it and, and then, make a survival game that's better. That's a completely legitimate business model, though. It's a very legitimate mm-hmm. business model. People have been doing that for decades. That's how the centuries, in fact, that's how you get advancements in uh, technology. It's you take something and you adjust it slightly so that it works better for what you want it for or it, it, it appeals to a different segment of the population. Um, right. Velcro. Hook and loop fasteners. Velcro. Started for completely different purposes and now it's ubiquitous um it's 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 just advancements in technology and advancements in the uh industry and things like that right but you're going to reach a point where people even hate find things to hate about that game and then they need to innovate on new things that people like and i think that that's where they get they get more criticism. Like, I, I feel like that's what has happened in WoW. Like, let's take stuff from EverQuest and Asheron Online and let's remove that and make a new RPG and we'll make uh, World of Warcraft. And, like, people are like, wow, this is great. It doesn't have all this shit that I hated about those other games. And then they reach a point where it's like, well, there's shit that I hate in this game, so time to make new stuff to, like, go beyond just removing shit from something that they you know, took from another company and then people don't like those new systems that they've decided to create. Well, and I think part of the problem there is that I think that at some point, let's talk about Blizzard specifically. I think at some point Blizzard kind of lost a lot of that creative spark. They've, they've, they've captured it in certain ways. Like, uh, Blizzard seems to be really good these days at a flashy, splashy introduction to something. And then it just kind of goes, uh, Overwatch, big flashy thing. It's a, it's a, it's Blizzard putting hands on a tried and true genre and making something very flashy and splashy and really well done. Right. Right. Um, Hearthstone, same deal. Um, you know, it, it, it's them taking something that exists and putting their polish on it. But the problem is right. in the old days, that polish was a lot, lot thicker. Mm-hmm. These days, it's very thin. And as you're working through it, as you're getting to it, that polish is disappearing sooner and sooner and sooner rather than having I mean, this. That polish period. is kind of also kind of tarnished by external stuff right now, too. So. 
this is something we've talked about with Blizzard for years before this, like the fact that Blizzard games over the last couple of years, last 10 years or so, have not performed over time as well as previous Blizzard titles. Except for, you know, the ones that print money like Hearthstone. Well, we'll see. Super flashy, super. It been a huge splash when it came out and then it just went. I think that right now, a lot of the issue is that they don't iterate as much as they should. They don't do enough. They don't change enough over time. It's just they release a product and it's out and that's it. I I mean, it takes a lot to iterate on a game. Do you need to generate a new game to iterate on a game? I mean, that that's a valid point. Like it's it's, you know, when you have as many survival games that are out now, they have a laundry list of things that are working well and not working well in those games that they can pick and choose from to make something that I'm sure is going to make them a lot of money. But um, how is it going to be sustained and what new innovative features, functions, differences are they going to come up with to make it something that I want to play long-term versus, you know, we have, we've had a lot of fits and stops on current survival games. Um, so if they can figure out how to sustain that and, and have people play for more than just a few, you know, days or weeks, then I think that's a, it's a good thing. So anyway, I prolong that discussion, but I think it's an interesting no, it's definitely concept that, you know, How starting something you? new versus using something that they already have. But anyway, I'm sorry, I'm just replying to something real quick. Um, so the other two things I had real quick was uh, Dota Dragon's Blood Series 2 has dropped. LB said it was good. He liked it. Um, and he, I don't know if he mentioned this previously, but he actually did sit down and watch Arcane and he enjoyed Arcane. League of Legends. Yep. Um, said, what's Arcane? Yeah. Um, it's a the other, show. Yeah. the other thing I was going to mention real quick was that 6.08 for Final Fantasy 14 is out. There are some buffs that have happened. Uh, the design philosophy for this patch was that Reaper, uh, was uh, excelling as a DPS was doing very well. So rather than bring down Reaper to be in line with the other classes, they've added some buffs to the other jobs to uh, bring them a little bit closer to Reaper's level. <clears throat> mm. um, Kev, I, I heard that your hand jobs were not as rewarding as you expected them to be. No, they weren't. That's a callback to last week's ep- last uh, the last episode, wherein we mentioned hand jobs. Yes, I know, uh, and I started because... giggling like a kid. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. Yes, yes, uh, but yeah, no. Disciple of the hand, uh, the jobs for disciple of the hand have just not presented as much gill as I would hope. They don't. Gen- they haven't generated me <laughs> as much wealth as I had hoped. <laughs> okay. Um, I have actually made on. more more gill doing disciple of the land stuff than i have of disciple of the hand so (laughs) okay okay um so the little stupid thing i put into this story was uh a joke i stole from twitter i believe it was uh now machinists have 100 percent more jobs available to switch to there you go machinists are in a kind of weak place right now. Oh, awesome. They're uh, not they're not super bad, but they're not super great either. 
great. Yeah. I mean, not like I've been playing lately, but whatever. I yeah, I'm working on my machinist right now. I'm doing Boja Southern Front to get him up to 80 so I can start digging into the other stuff to get him up to 90. Okay, I have to say this is completely unrelated to absolutely anything that we're talking about, but it is driving me crazy, and so I need to say it. Kevin, your fucking picture is crooked. Go fix it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it literally has been making me insane. Show me you have OCD. I'm going to cut that out of the show anyway. If it didn't fuck up Discord, I would turn my video off. Uh, and Ali brings up a very good point. This is something we talked about and when we were all playing WoW a lot. You and I aren't doing Savage Raids. No, yeah. So it doesn't matter what class we are, it, or job we take. You and I aren't doing Savage Raids. It's no. not a big deal. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't care to do the raids. Like, I, I have fun doing the like, let's get together on a certain night and go back and do all the all the shit. But I don't need to do current content. I don't fucking care. Yeah. I'm over that stage of my life. <laughs> yep. Um, Kevin, you had some shit you wanted to talk about. I'm sorry, um, Kevin. It just it was it was really making me crazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's all right, Nath. Uh, okay. EA announced three more Star Wars games. Article from GameIndustry.biz. They are doing a follow-up to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which they are making. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. They're working with Respawn for all of these, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just just want to Um, mention that because Respawn is the one who actually did the development for Fallen Order. So they're doing a new first-person shooter game in the Star Wars universe. Um, I hope it's like Apex Legends. Can you imagine, though, like an Apex Legends-style movement system with a lightsaber? That would be fun. No. Uh, the only thing I can think of is I don't give a fuck. I want to be IG-88. Let's go. Let's fucking okay. go. <laughs> Are they so doing just a wanna... new version of Beat Saber, though? No. Um, the third game that they're going to do is a strategy game. I think uh, um, it was a... I believe somebody mentioned XCOM. Well, it, it's being no, it's being uh, developed primarily by Bitreactor with Respawn producing it. Bitreactor is a new studio that was announced last week, formed by a number of veterans from the XCOM studio. Fairaxis. OK, so, yes. Um, so, yeah, XCOM like Star Wars game. Which I just, I, that's literally what I said. And you said no, Kevin. Yes. I, I said yes. XCOM influenced. <laughs> and you went, okay. no. Well, it's no. actually from some X, XCOM developers. Well, let's see if we get a nice turn based strategy game out mm-hmm. of Star Wars. That would be interesting. Maybe it'll be Dejark. What's that? That's the hollow chest that they play on the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Is this Dash XCOM or is this just XCOM? Which XCOM? I don't know. You're going to have to go look up the studio. If it's Paraxis, it's probably Dash XCOM. I know. You guys are going into a level of nerd 
ism on this that I don't know. You guys, well, I'm not involved in this at all. <laughs> there's basically two levels. There's basically two versions of XCOM. There is the original XCOM, uh, and then there is the uh, modern XCOM. And the modern <laughs> XCOM is the non-Dash. So original is the Dash XCOM. Okay, couldn't remember. I don't know if they have a website. Upper, you know what I got out of all reactor. that? Hmm. Charlie Brown's teacher. This is how we respect like each other, folks. <laughs> this, this is how adults have a conversation <laughs> and be respectful of each other. <laughs> when have any of us ever been respectful of each other? We show our love by disrespecting each other. And you well, fucking know it too. You you are a you are a trash goblin, so you are a I gremlin. Am. You are a gremlin, so yes, this makes And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Next story. Oh, Kevin's cracking the whip. We're off topic. You cracked the whip earlier, so he, he, he it's fair for him to crack the whip now. <laughs> Gameindustry.biz also there's an article up about how much mobile games have generated over the past year in 2021. It was $93 billion. Which surprisingly actually sounds low to me. Yeah, I, really? I was going to say, I would honestly would expect it to be higher. It depends. Well, it depends on what they're classifying mobile games as. Because if it's if they're talking about games that were designed primarily as a mobile game. Like Candy Crush. And... That makes sense. But if they're also talking about games that have crossover like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering Arena or stuff like that. Or I would assume or those Warzone. are mobile games, too, if you're buying it on mobile. It really depends on how they're classified and quantified within the, the numbers. Uh, 92 billion sounds low to me, honestly, though. Um, it does. You have to remember that the East. Um, so that's coming from a that's coming from a Eurocentric uh, viewpoint. Uh, you're, when you're talking about Asia, let's put it that way. When you're talking about Asia, mobile gaming is a dominant is one of the right. more dominant forces in their in, in that sphere. Like you talk Japan, mobile gaming is massive in Japan. Like console sales and PC sales are still very low compared to the rest of the world. They're <laughs> expecting this number to go Excuse up twenty-two billion dollars over the next two years to one hundred and sixteen yeah. billion dollars. Not surprising yeah. the slightest. China topped the charts with thirty-two billion dollars. The U.S. was fifteen billion, and Japan was thirteen point seven billion as like the top three yeah. countries. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah. So, okay. So, staggering. Real quick to get off of this, LB says he just looked it up. It's the former art director from XCOM. That's mm. it. It's the only Apparently. XCOM people. Well, he's the guy who started it, but there, I think there's other people too. That not just him. So well, um, I'm going to go ahead and walk back that you know that comment about it might be XCOM influenced. So yeah, who fucking knows at this point. Because anyway, the art director, you were saying, I'm sorry, Kevin, we, I we know it's you. going to be a strategy game. So uh, next story is about God of War that hit uh, 60,000 players on Steam in just 24 hours reported by Eurogamer. Um, so they're releasing Sony games on Steam and lots of people are playing it. That's cool. Oh, get no get to get to the next one. That's the one. Next that I'm one, I've got shit to okay. talk about. I've got shit to say. So, okay. next one is that Sony. Uh, actually, this one we should actually go into the bottom section. Uh, 
though. I'm oh gonna skip this one. Okay, no. next fucking thing. Just go to the next one then. Fine. Just All go. Right. Um Apple is still figuring out ways to take its cut from uh the payment models, even though that like certain mm -hmm. countries like the mm -hmm. Netherlands are uh forcing Apple to provide alternative payment methods in game. So I mean the US did also. That was the whole Fortnite thing. Yeah. Yeah. So even though even though they are being forced to find ways around this and offer alternative payment models, they are still figuring out how to take their cut. Uh, this was an article from GSM Arena that I linked to that I'll link to. The Netherlands forced Apple to provide an alternative payment system for in-game purchases, and they're also figuring and Apple is figuring out how to get their cut out of that and track it anyway so that they can get their money. I mean, I don't think we're ever going mm -hmm. to hear the end of this story. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing that Apple gets a cut of money for, you know, payments taken through their platform. A like thirty percent you know, cut, like a Visa or like a, a Mastercard, you know, like a, but a, yeah, a not that much. Thirty percent cut is the problem when they are doing nothing but facilitating right. and allowing it to exist on their ecosystem. Okay, but like it's no different than how much of a cut does Twitch take? How much of a cut does the Steam take? Like, how much of a cut does right. Epic take? Yeah, it's a huge cut. Yeah, like, like so, why fall Apple for taking the same cut that everybody fucking else is doing too? LV can fact check us on that. Um, and what is their cut versus other cuts? We had a whole episode about this at yep. one, like several episodes about this at one point. Um, I don't <laughs> Way remember. Back I honestly, to be frank with you, I don't remember what my stance was. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm being honest here. I'm just like, this is full, you know, being, having some integrity about it. I don't remember what my stance was. Um, I know that I, Thank you. Um, I don't remember what my stance was on it. Um, yeah, I think that they should receive a cut. I don't think they deserve the cut that everybody thinks they deserve. Um, no, but at the same time, they I, don't, think they deserve. I don't I don't think any of the things that are hosting stuff necessarily deserve that level of cut but if it's in the contract that you sign and you agree to that cut then sure. that's on your ass for agreeing <laughs> to that fucking cut mm -hmm. yeah well the, but yep. the problem that comes up is that people use those standardized cuts because those these all originated back in the recording industry and the tv industry the, yep. these 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 revenue share cuts um and a lot of people consider them to be rather antiquated uh, comparatively, uh, people mm -hmm. consider that to be rather antiquated. So I get it. Um, I think they do deserve, uh, if, if they are facilitating the distribution and the usage of these things, they do deserve a cut. How much that cut is, is where the rub is. Cut 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 Okay, let's not give people alcohol poisoning if they decide to do what Kevin says. The last story is The Legend of Vox Machina is now out on Amazon Instant Video. There's three episodes up currently as we speak. They say they're going to release new episodes on Fridays. I don't know if it's going to be three at a time or one at a no time. Spoilers. Uh, I watched the first episode. It was cool. I never 
watched any critical role shit ever before in my life. And it was funny and I liked it. So, and there's already a merch store mm. available. Go figure. Oh, the merch anyway. store has, the merch store has existed for ages, Kevin. The, the, the merch store has been out for, for a long time. Um, Spawn and I are currently watching campaign three together. We're working on getting caught up because we're, we're a little bit behind because he wanted to finish campaign two before we started doing three. So he finally finished it. Thank fucking God. And so we're working, we're working on getting caught up on the, on the videos right now. I have never laughed so fucking hard at some of the fucking shenanigans that these characters get up to. And we're only like five or six episodes in. Like you would actually, if you find this amusing, Kevin, you should try watching because like they're not that far into campaign three. Try watching some of the videos on YouTube because they are hilarious. Because <laughs> like yeah. even while they're because like they're the voice actors, right? But even while they're sitting there, they are fucking embodying their characters and they are funny. <laughs> so fucking funny to watch them. Like prior to this, I had just been listening to the podcast version and I enjoyed it, but not on the level that I'm enjoying it, actually watching them. It's so well done. <laughs> cool. Can I wake up now? Yes, yeah. you can wake up now. Okay. Everybody gets one. I haven't had mine yet. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Who's sleeping during the main topic? Okay. <laughs> Everybody. Because <laughs> everybody's Go, go for it, Gavril. All right. So. Um, God fucking help us. Gotta take my hat off for this. Okay. Um, yeah. So as we mentioned earlier, um, Activision Blizzard is currently in the process of, uh, accepting an offer from Microsoft, uh, in exchange for 68.7 billion US dollars in cash to basically be bought out completely. Wholesale in lock, cash. stock, and locks. I, 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 I know. I just, uh, I can't let, let, my how mind. Times, how, how many times are we going to mention cash? Remember, human beings don't process numbers this high. We are not like, set up to process numbers this large. It's like, it's such a big number, is it is, and then you add in, in cash. And my brain just goes, eh? No, what? So, yeah, Microsoft is proposing a buyout of Activision Blizzard, which is Activision <laughs> Blizzard and King, along with all of their subsidiary studios and everything else associated with them, which includes World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Hearthstone, uh, Call of Duty, uh, just a shitload of other things. Um. Yeah, so this is gonna as actually posing a lot of really interesting shit. Um, one of which is just what's gonna happen to multi console like the the big their big blockbuster releases every year, Call of Duty. Well, okay, so they've already said that any existing contractual obligations so, will be fulfilled. Will yeah. be fulfilled. However. Phil Spencer, who's head of Xbox, has has been saying for like a while now, like I want to even say a couple of years that he wants to see less console exclusives and more cross platform stuff. But the problem so, is, is that when they say cross platform, a lot of time what they mean is going on to Xbox Game Pass on PC at the same at the exact same time. 
No, he has specifically mentioned they want to see more of their, like more of their stuff going on to PlayStation and stuff like that, and vice versa. Um, which is why I find the other story that we're going to talk about so fucking ironic. But <laughs> I, I, I don't <clears throat> think that that's the thrust of what they're actually going for. I think when they say cross-platform, they mean Game Pass and they mean PC. They mean Game Pass and Xbox. Unless I mean, he specifically comes out and, and unless you can dig up an exact quote that says, I want to release on the P on, on PlayStation as well as PC and Xbox. So you can look that up real quick. Um, so, yeah, they've mentioned that they are going to uh, complete any existing contractual obligations, but that the future is up in the air, essentially. They are not making any confirmations or denials about anything up to this point. Uh, about what may happen in the future, um, which, yeah, so which means that because and the other thing you have to remember, Neth, is that console exclusive, they can say it's not console exclusive if they have a delayed release date on the second platform, because it's not console exclusive. It'll be on the PlayStation eventually, eventually. I mean, yeah. that, that's going to be what pisses people off, though. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Like, PlayStation's been doing this for years. Well, just when did um, God of War come out and it just came out on Steam? Just came out. Yep. Is that two year delay or uh, three? I think. Let me pull that up real quick. Because, yeah, I mean, if it comes out three years later for PlayStation, it, they could already be on the next PlayStation by then. Uh, 2018. <laughs> I mean, in this case, they are already on the next PlayStation. <laughs> uh, God of War came out in 2018, so it was a four-year <clears throat> gap. Let's say three and a half. Let's say three, three and a half. Because well, it was April. No, April. April of 2018, so almost four years. It, that's probably not entirely fair because I don't know if they've had this strategy since then or if it's a new strategy to start releasing. This is a up. relatively recent strategy. I think the first big one was Horizon Zero Dawn, which was what? back in 2020. No, there was near Automata on it before that, or was that? Because I remember buying that on Steam years ago. Well, okay, no, near was cross-platform to la at launch. Okay. Uh, the, the there was a year. Okay, so it came out in North America, March seventh, twenty seventeen. This is near Automata. Uh, North America was March seventh, twenty seventeen. It came out on PlayStation Four and Windows at the same time. Got it. Uh, and it came out on Xbox One a year later in twenty eighteen, June twenty eighteen. Hmm. So, so what what is your what is your concern, Neff? Just the exclusive. The exclusivity period, or what? Hmm? What is your concern with the the news article on the Call of Duty? No, um, I don't have a concern. I just find it fucking ironic that Sony, who is the king of fucking holding things to themselves and not releasing it anywhere else, is like, well, they better make sure that they keep fucking releasing stuff on other platforms. Like, really fucking pot calling the kettle black here, aren't we? Yeah, someone probably ran the math and it's like, oh, if they have an exclusivity period, we're hosed. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, 
It's like, true. The, the Call of Duty is the big one a lot of people are mentioning because Call of Duty is a yearly release and it is typically a ridiculous quantity of units move in that year. Um, and the some people buy the latest systems to get... Uh, mm-hmm. Some people buy the latest systems just for the new yearly Call of Duty or FIFA or NBA 2K or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if they are locked into a certain system for a, even if it's just a year or six months, they will go and get the other thing yeah. or they'll just drop it completely. I think that it's more likely that it will be people just go and get the other system though. Yeah, I, I can't see people going, okay, I'm just not going to play Call of Duty anymore. That's not going to happen. I mean, my my hot take is everything's going to be released within the metaverse and your system is just going to connect you to the metaverse just like your computer connects you to the internet. Fuck this metaverse bullshit. Oh my god. Okay. Holy shit. I hereby ban the use of that fucking word on this podcast so I don't have to kill one of you. No. I am I've... so sick of that word. We're going to have to keep it in the lexicon, unfortunately. Uh, it's... I... Uh. I am famously an old man <gasps> on his porch yelling at the kids about their NFTs. Oh, yeah. And you their are 100% crypto. Statler to my Waldorf, which is why yeah. I love you, because yeah. we are Statler and Waldorf 100 fucking percent. But I am so over this fucking metaverse bullshit, and it's like just getting started. Fuck. Blockchain. Metaverse. Everything's blockchain now. NFTs. Metaverse. I just I mean I, I'm, a, I'm an old man on this. I'm an old man on this kind of stuff, and I will I will die on that hill that I am an old man about this kind of shit. Goddamn kids, get off my fucking lawn! <laughs> get out of my goddamn I mean, in, internet. In, get off of my GPU. One generation, two generations from now, they're gonna be like, you used a two-dimensional internet? Like, what's one a web gen- browser? Kevin, one generation, two generations from now, they're gonna be like, what's an internet? <laughs> <laughs> You used to be able to right. hook a box up to the to electricity <laughs> and use it to communicate with people all over the world. There are people all over the world. Everybody's dead. You know that. Everybody's stuck in their pods connected to the Matrix. No, no. We'll have bombed ourselves back to the Stone Age, you jackass. <laughs> um, Except for Elon, who's on the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, ja- that fucking piece of shit. What? Had a couple of quotes. I was that I was talking about Elon Musk because Kevin mentioned Elon Musk. Yes, um, LB, the metaverse is supposed to be Ready Player One. You finally get it. Yeah, that's supposedly what it's what they're aiming for. Uh, so you know, a subpar book and a subpar movie. All right, gotcha. Um, he had a couple of quotes I wanted to mention real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I believe these are Phil Spencer, but I'm not sure he did not attribute them. So I'm just going to read them as unattributed. Uh, Okay, he says Phil Spencer, yeah. Uh, Gaming is about entertainment and community and diversion and learning new stories and new perspectives, he said. I find it completely counter to what gaming is about to say that part of that is to lock people away from being able to experience those games or to force someone to buy my specific device on the day that I want to play them. I want them to go buy it in order to partake in what gaming is about. Gaming is bigger than any one device. Uh, He mentions that this might have been in relation to cross-platform play though and had another one uh from last year as a player you are the center of our strategy our device is not the center of our strategy our game is not the center of our strategy we want to enable you to play the game you want to play with the friends you want to play with on any device that still is vague enough that it could that 
you know, timed yeah. releases are still a thing. Timed exclusivity is still I, a thing. I, I mean, I know I think at they, one point too, he talked about wanting to bring Game Pass itself to like Xbox to a PS PlayStation. To, to all the consoles like he wanted to it to be available on switch he wanted it to be available on playstation and like you know them to be able to add their games to it too and so that you know so try I to mean, corner the try to corner the cloud strategy and the aggregator strategy i mean not necessarily no he it, wants I, people to be using their service to play the game what he wants and what his shareholders and board of directors want are probably two different things. Vastly different things, yes. And it's like, hey, we can make this much money if we release on all consoles at the same time. We can make this much money if we release it on our consoles for a year or two years. It's like, or, what do you think is going to happen? Or whatever. Like the, those, those big, those big tentpole games. Yeah, if they even have like a three-month <laughs> exclusivity. Like next Call of Duty or the next the not the next Call of Duty but the Call of Duty after. Oh my god! Like a three, a three months exclusivity would put, put people so far behind the fucking curve. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't, yeah, oh, that would be. That's ah. what I'm saying. It's like it <clears throat> might they might go. We're only going to be exclusive for three months, but if you are a competitive Call of Duty player, or that's how you you know you, you fucking run your life as you play yeah, Call of you, Duty. If you play League, then okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, so they, they, they may not have a choice I can't but see to them, adapt I, to it. I can't see them doing that, though. Like, long run. I 100% can. Oh, what? my God, you sweet summer child. I 100% can. If that, gets them even I mean, another, if that gets them $10 at a handy behind a subway, they're going to do that, okay? <laughs> you. <laughs> hey, Ke- you Kevin. Know- I'm turning my fan and I want you to tell me if it's if it bothers the noise, okay? I'm listening. I don't, I don't hear anything. You don't, don't hear it? Um, okay, cool. Do you do you know what Sorry. do you know what industry is going back to ex- exclusivity periods? It's going to handies behind the subway. I don't know what what industry. movie movies and movie theaters. Yep. You know, I we're not going to get the WB exclusives on HBO Max day and date that they release in theater anymore. They're going back to a 45 day exclusivity window. It's it's going yeah. to happen because it makes them money. Yeah. And, and this is exactly what I was talking about earlier, where it's like this is this is the death throes of a of outdated uh, industries that don't adapt. I, I mean. There are some movies that, yes, I admit, they are best experienced in a movie theater watching it on a big screen. Sure. I accept that. But at the same time, if I don't want to fucking go to the goddamn movie theater, I would really like them to just fucking give me the goddamn movie. I'm going to give you my 25 bucks or whatever you're going to yep. fucking charge me for it. But just just give me the fucking movie. Yep. 100%. I mean, or, or if you have a family and three kids and it costs you at least 150 bucks oh to step foot in a theater. Like legitimately, so just me and Spawn when he was little, and we would go to the movie theaters. Okay, and obviously this is all in Canadian dollars. So tickets for two of us plus like snacks and whatever to watch a movie. It used to be like fifty fucking dollars so for that me was like, and a kid. Like it like was five bucks like, U.S. Right? <laughs> yes, honey, it's five dollars U.S. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I mean, like, that wasn't even when he was like, I mean, like, that's when he was like a kid. It was so it was getting like the cheap ticket, yeah. you know, like 
now it's like, oh my fucking God, it's ridiculous. Like, and not to mention that I would rather, I, I would 100% rather not have to be around people because like, I am of the variety of if you talk during a movie, I'm a chuck something at your head. So God help you if you are sitting near me and fucking talking because I will actually turn around and tell you the fuck off. I have done it. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I would rather be in my own house watching it on my TV because I know everybody around me is going to be silent. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a painfully anxiety-ridden introvert. So yeah, fuck all that. Well, yeah, not to mention pandemic. Hello. Yeah, so, that too. But, yeah, this whole trend of the people who makes the video game being independent of the people who release the video game is troubling for that very matter because you can continue, but I have things to say, go ahead. Okay. Um, I mean, blizzard on its own can release to all consoles at the same time. And that benefits everyone, right? It benefits the company who's making the game, it benefits all the people who are have the consoles who are releasing the game and you play the game on. And now this company gets bought by Microsoft and it only makes sense to release it on one console at one time with an exclusivity period because that's the way that they make the most money. It it I'm I'm starting to finally understand, you know, Seth's point and Arlie's point because they were talking in our Discord last week or whatever, but yeah, I mean, it becomes less beneficial for everyone when this co- this one company buys this other company. But that's just that's just basic antitrust shit, um, which is another story we've got that because of this, like, I'm, it's very coincidental. But the second this uh, this buyout, the merger was uh, announced, like uh, 12 hours later, the FTC stated, which is a uh, U.S. governmental agency, the Federal Trade Commission, announced that they are going to be looking at uh, strengthening antitrust laws, which is anti-monopolistic laws in the United States of America. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's very coincidental that this happened so soon after this merger announcement. Well, this buyout announcement. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just... Apple's been doing this for years, though, right? I mean, they have software, they have hardware, they're releasing all of it at the same time, the same company. I will say that Apple bought my goddamn weather app. I will not let that go. (laughs) I have been bitching about that for like two or three years at this point. What's happening? Apple bought a weather app that I used to use that was called Dark Sky. Never heard of it. Dark Sky was a very, very accurate uh, predictive uh, weather app. Uh, so they used a bunch of machine learning algorithms to uh, predict <laughs> what the weather was going to be. And they were very accurate about it. I loved their uh, their material UI. I loved their overall graphic design. I loved their user experience. I loved the entire app. It cost me $1.99 a year and I fucking paid for it. I didn't give a shit. It was the best app I had ever used when it came to weather and then Apple bought them and turned off the ability for Android to use it. Although they do have a website and an API, but the website and the API don't have access to all of the functionality. I checked. That's why I still don't have a dedicated weather app left on my phone because nobody does it as well as they did. Yeah. 
So, very frustrated about that. I'm still frustrated about that hey. years later. Yeah, I'm very passionate about weather, okay? Yeah. I mean, this is where I offend Neth because I think that something like the metaverse helps in this scenario if everything is released on a single platform that's online and all you're doing is accessing it, like a computer accessing the internet. Yes, because I want to go home and work a second job just to enjoy things on the internet (laughs) because, you know, it's a slave-based economy. (laughs) I mean, that... sorry, the whole metaverse thing is just fucking crazy. I mean, think about it just like... I don't know what's happening anymore. Why would I'm, that offend me? I'm, go- I'm going to move on metaverse. from that. Oh, he said okay. metaverse, that's why. Metaverse. It's just a stupid word. <laughs> ready Player One, our Ready Player One future. How about we say that instead? Um, anyway. Goddamn Matrix-ass bullshit. It's, yeah, I mean, it. it sucks. It sucks that we have to be talking about what games can we play based on the hardware that we want to play it on and not just like, I want to be able to play these games using whatever hardware I want. It's like, isn't that why we're PC players in the fucking first place? It's like, I don't, I don't give a shit what hardware Gavril has on his computer other than the fact that it runs the games we want to play together. And like, that's all that matters, you know? And like, we're going back to this, like, it's why I got out of console gaming for years and years and years, because I would get frustrated because I'd be like, oh, my God, this game's coming out. That's amazing. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, of course, not a fucking platform I have or have any interest in buying, but sure. Okay, great. Fuck it. Well, even when it was like Nintendo and Sony back in the or (laughs) Nintendo and Sega first, then Nintendo and Sega and Sony. And it's like, you know, Uh, it would be Neo Geo and ColecoVision. Odyssey. Yeah, and it was like a fight. I had an Odyssey. Like, you know, like as a kid, we'd be like, "Oh my god, I really want to play this game," and then some other game would come out on another console, and you like beg your parents to try to buy it for you because <laughs> it's like, and they're like, "No, you get Nintendo, and that's all you get," because it's like fucking ridiculous, ridiculously expensive. Or you did um, it the smart way, and you go, "Okay, I'm gonna get the Nintendo. You get the Sega." And then we'll play at your house. We want to play those games. We'll play at my house. <laughs> yeah. We'll play these games. Right. And then you're trying to talk. Then you're talking your friends into buying video games for you. <laughs> right? implying I had friends as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I had a twin brother. That's it. Well, an older brother. I have a twin brother and an older brother, but he was at college. It still frightens <laughs> me that there's two of you. <laughs> uh, no, if you knew the relationship my twin brother and I had as children, you would you would not say that. <laughs> Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it's the reason why I mostly play PC games because, you know, I, I don't, I'm not I'm not tied to a specific game system, a specific hardware for a specific period of time. It, you know, yeah, it does take more to make things work than Xbox or or PlayStation. They just work if you you know buy the game and put it, download it now and put it on the system, but. <laughs> Yeah, sure they do. It's in theory. <laughs> in theory. Well, in theory. I don't. When's the last time you had to worry about driver incompatibilities on Xbox? No. Okay. I mean, driver so. incompatibility, sure. <laughs> but I mean, and then we turn and we look at the whole cyberpunk issue. <laughs> that yeah, was true. that was that was not a hardware problem. That was fucking CD Projekt Red overpromising and rushing mm-hmm. the game out. Yeah. 
Um. Oh shit! I was gonna say something, and I I've completely lost it. Never mind. But it. Yeah, it, it just, it does suck that we have to worry about what hardware do you have to play the games that you want to play. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sh- I mean, I guess it, it would, I, I don't even understand, like think of a parallel for movies. You know, you can only watch, I mean, I guess that's how it is now. You can only watch some of the WB movies on um, HBO Max and, or they were released there first and there's an exclusivity period and then you could buy them on Amazon later or something. but. I don't know. It's it's Maybe an awkward problem to have. <laughs> well, sir. Um, licensing, the licensing agreements are different in Canada, so it doesn't. I mean, I thought it was weird that some of the things that you could only watch on a streaming platform started showing up as movies that you could buy on Amazon. And I was like, oh, wow, why are like, why don't you just buy this service? But I'm like, yeah, not everyone has every service where they can just watch whatever they want. People have to rent videos on services that they don't have access to or don't want to pay for or don't want to buy into people saying, oh, you can just sign up for this service and watch this movie. But if you only want to watch that one movie, like why get stuck paying for it for years? Well, when you say, hey, person I know that has this, can I pour your login? I just want to watch one movie. Yeah, like, like right now, you can go to Amazon and you can rent the Matrix Resurrection, even though this is something that you can watch on Amazon or on HBO Max, you know, essentially for free if you pay for the service. Okay, which one? The Matrix Resurrection. Okay, hold on. Let me see what's on in Canada. Well, you can rent it for $24. <laughs> so you, you can actually buy a month's worth of HBO Max for less money than it would cost to rent matrix resurrections on amazon that's interesting but you know why are we in these situations where it's like what service can you watch what movie and what what video game system can you play which video game it just it's it's annoying it's really annoying to have to be like keeping up on this stuff and worrying about it and the competition just I don't know. It ends up being worse for us as the people who are trying to watch things and consume things and play games because we have to meticulously track where it's available and how to watch it and the cheapest way to watch it. And it's annoying. Yeah. So we have a choice of renting it or that's it. HBO Max doesn't exist in Canada. Okay. So. Yeah, that, that sucks. Um, so yeah, it, it is worse for us long-term. I think I'm, I'm on, I'm in that camp now. Um, there was some other lawsuit stuff. There was a roll-up article that says that there's now 37 people who have been fired or pushed out of Activision Blizzard in the wake of the lawsuits uh, confirmed by Blizzard Activision. This is an article released on GameIndustry.biz again. Um, fired or pushed out 37 and disciplined 44 more. Since July of last year year. is this number higher or lower than you guys thought i mean it's probably lower i think it's lower than i expected uh, than i expected it to be to be honest i expected there be i i'm i expected to be more people outright terminated than have been yeah yeah um 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm also concerned because it doesn't say it just says that it's in the wake of in the wake of the misconduct allegations. It doesn't say that they're related to the misconduct allegations. So how many of these that have been um, fired or pushed out or disciplined are less related to the allegations and more related to the let's unionize, let's get better conditions for our employees, let's like. Or just people that have said, wow, I don't want to be here while all this is going on or work for a company because of their own personal values. I mean, um, I don't think they would count in those numbers, though, because if, if they counted the people who have voluntarily resigned and left on their own, those numbers are probably much higher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember like a few weeks after all of this starting and, you know, there were already a bunch of people who had already left and we're like, Oh my God, do you think this is it? Or, you know, like, and it just kept going and going and going. And it's, I, and I still don't think it's over and it's, no, you know, God, yeah. um, how, how many people are, are there going to be, or. I, I couldn't tell uh, you. I, yeah. I don't feel yeah. comfortable making a guess on that. Yeah, like yeah. I, there's there's no way to like how do you even speculate on that? Like Right. I just hope that now that Microsoft is in charge, they figure out how to root out the rest of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> number one, get rid of Kotek and then Well, it, root I think out they've the already stated it. that they don't expect him to continue on after the merger is completed, but the problem is that he's just gonna get a golden parachute. He is going they, to see hundreds of millions of dollars because of this successful buyout. 290 yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Estimated. Yeah. And it's, I don't think they can really say oh, no, anything it's not until estimated. the deal is done. It's actually a That's link to, that, that is his contract okay. buyout. Is if it happens after a change of command to another company's ownership, that is the amount is 290 some million dollars. Got it. It's very specifically laid out. He's a corporate raider. That's what they do. His whole goal was never to build this into a company that was going to stand the test of time. His whole goal was to build this into a company that he could flip at a pro- at a hefty profit at a later date in time. That's what corporate raiders do. Yeah. And then he was probably like, oh, I'm making a lot of money and like this is going pretty well for me. So I'm just going to stick around. And- he was waiting for the right buyout offer is all it was. That man, if he had gotten the right, if he had gotten a appropriate buyout offer early, he would have taken it years ago if he had gotten the, a, a good buyout offer. But Blizzard was in too strong a position for anybody to consider trying to buy them out. Our Activision Blizzard was in too strong a position for anybody to consider buying them out at that time. This was just the right impetus they needed to be able to sell the company off for less than what people would think it was worth because i mean it shed what 50 percent of its stock value before the merger announcement so if the if all of the other allegations weren't to have happened and none of that actually you know actually didn't happen would it have gone for 120 oh yeah it would have gone for much more 150, Much more. Yeah. 120, 150 minimum kind of thing. Like, I think 100 to 120 would have been the low low estimate there. Yeah. Um, 
They're a multi-billion dollar company that multi-billion dollar franchises under their name that they release on a yearly basis. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Last story. Uh, there's been a bunch of news around um, Raven. Yeah, the quality uh, assurance Studios. at Raven Studios, which is a subsidiary studio of uh, Activision. Uh, they are primarily a support studio for Warzone, I believe, if memory serves. I believe they're oh. the primary. I believe Raven is the primary support studio for Warzone. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. Somebody take a look at that, but I'm pretty certain that's the case. Um, and they, uh, they, le- they were in the process of letting go like half of their QA department at one point very recently, uh, for reasons, those are scare quotes, uh, for reasons. And so in response, the remainder of the, uh, QA department for Raven software, uh, walked out struck. They, they just walked out. Um, announced strike and announced uh, an effort to uh, form a union, uh, which is very unheard of, especially in the quality, especially in quality assurance, because in a lot of tech people consider quality assurance to be low skill work. Um, it's, the union is called the Game Workers Alliance. GWA, yep. Uh, but uh, a, a lot of a lot of aspects of the tech industry consider QA to be non-skilled work that does not require much of anything you just hire any yokel off the street to do the work for you um which is a vast under judgment of what qa does as a part of a company it is absolutely integral as cd project red will tell you um so they they struck and have been attempting to form a union uh they currently claim that they hold a super majority and i'm Saying this as objectively as possible, I am going to not try to inject any opinion onto that if I can help it. Uh, but they state that they have a supermajority within the company and that they are officially they have officially petitioned Raven Software and Activision to recognize their union. Uh, they gave them a firm date on which to recognize the union or they would go to the National, Ra- uh, National Labor Relations Board, which is a U.S. governmental entity relating to unions and uh, workplace uh, workplace organization uh, in the U.S. Uh, Activision Blizzard de- declined to voluntarily recognize the union based on the time frame that they were given. And as such, the GWA is now petitioning the uh, NLRB, uh, National Labor Relations Board, uh, for official recognition of their union. Um, I wish them good luck. I wish them the best of fucking luck. Um, <laughs> the other thing that they've done is that Raven Software has also reorganized their departments. More scare quotes. Yay. They've also reorganized their QA department and scattered it throughout the entire company. Union busting 101, y'all. That's how that works. You make it so that they can't meet to organize. If they can't organize, if they can't meet, they can't organize. I mean, they could always meet outside of being in different departments or whatever. Yes, but there, there, there's just a lot of union-related stuff that is related to being able to meet in the workplace and things of that nature. Yeah. So they, they need to, they need to be able to officially meet within the workplace uh, for part of that. So this is part of the union busting thing is just separating 
the agitators and making sure that they can't communicate with each other, uh, utilizing company uh, methodologies. Um, this this all goes back to like last year and the protests and the uh, the the strikes that were happening at Activision Blizzard when the <laughs> they were being company, organized on their own internal on, the, on their internal slacks <laughs> because the corporate didn't understand how Slack worked, which I fucking loved. I'm sorry, I fucking love that so much. Yeah. So remind me to tell you something about that after the call. Okay. Um long story short, Activision Blizzard is just still shit in the bed as much as they possibly can, but they're going to get a buyout and Bobby K is going to get a huge uh is going to get a huge golden parachute and he's going to get away scot free. Yay. I mean, unless Yay. they can find cause. If they can come up with cause, his 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 parachute gets very, very small. He has a friendly board of directors and they are going to cover his ass as much as possible because they know that if they scratch his back, he'll scratch their back after he's gone. <laughs> That's how this works. He's stacked. The, 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 the board of directors and the executives are stacked with his selections and his choices. Uh, Fran Townsend and other folks you know, former Bush, uh, Bush era politic, political figures, things of that nature. It's like, yeah, it's not going to go well um, for for the everyman, for the average person it is not going to go well. It is what it is. Uh, the only way you change that, oh, pardon, the only, you change that, sorry, the only way you change that is uh, by being active in your politics. In your country. I'm not going to mention the convoy, Neth. <laughs> I think Do you know that's... that there are more American drivers in that convoy than there are fucking Canadian ones? What are you talking about now? I'm lost. I'll talk to you about it after the show, Kevin. Okay. All right. I'm ready to wrap up. Canadians I don't have much. Canadians are not in support of that convoy, Gav. Let me just tell you. I've read These... a lot of Canadians that are in support of that convoy. These episodes ending on Activision Blizzard is very depressing. So I know it is. I'm just going to end it at that. Depressing. Uh, I, 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 unless some bombshell comes out next week, I vote oh. kind of avoid the Activision Blizzard stuff. Please. But you know, there's gonna be a bombshell. You know, there's gonna be one. Yeah, <sighs> it's unavoidable. You wouldn't be so lucky as to avoid it. Yep. Um. Anybody got any final thoughts, Kevin? My final thoughts are: I spent so much time talking about Path of Exile at the beginning because that's actually something enjoyable and fun, and not this bullshit about you know buyouts and not being able to play games that you want to play on the console you want to play them on or people losing their job or getting fired over sexual you know allegations about sexual misconduct or uh groups of people needing to feel like they have to unionize because they're being mistreated in the workforce neth what's your final thought um i don't know i don't have one this week that's fine um my I don't have final, much of anything this week. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, my final thought is um, I've said this before and I will say this till my dying breath eat the rich. <laughs> I don't know. I think they taste funny. And on that note.
And on that note, that's going to be our show for this week, folks. Talk to us during the week. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast EU. Kevin is at Swing K. That's with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Magi. Of course, Matt Gavril underscore ET. That in Neth is at Nethwinch. Send us emails uh, to feedback at tctceu.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, join us live on Saturdays when we record and stream the show here on twitch.tv slash ctceu. Uh, for links to today's show uh, and our Discord, I, I need to put a second word that says for links to today's show notes and links to our discord, visit the website at tctceu.com. Shoot us a review, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, however it is that you listen to the show. Say cut, boys and girls. Cut. cut.